The internet changed everything for sales and marketing. Artificial intelligence is going to change everything again. Welcome to AI for Sales, a show that looks at how artificial intelligence is changing sales. Join noted author, speaker, and AI for Sales expert Chad Burmeister as he interviews cutting-edge founders, CEOs, CROs, CMOs, other business executives, and AI experts on the weekly AI for Sales podcast. Join the AI for Sales revolution. Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, CEO and founder of ScaleX.ai and the AI for Sales expert on the Sales Expert channel. And I'm here today with John Darienzo, and he is the CEO and president of DoForms, and they've been around for about a decade now. So lots and lots of forms processed all over the world with some very large companies. What I love about this company is that it's simple to use. So you don't need a massive IT department to create some pretty amazing forms. And you'll be amazed to learn where some of these forms can be leveraged. So John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, exciting. I know we had a talk a couple of weeks ago before the today's podcast and I'm excited to kind of dig into some case studies and examples. But before we do that, I'd like our audience to get to know who's on our show. And the best way I've found to do that is to kind of ask about where were you raised? What was your passion when you were younger? Kind of help our audience connect to where you come from and what you love to do back in the day. Sure. I was an Italian guy who grew up in Brooklyn and I've probably been an entrepreneur since I was in single digits. I mean, I started out getting bicycles from people and refurbishing them and selling them. And then I learned how to do body work and fix cars up for people in the neighborhood. And it was always making money. It was always trying to do something, you know, from that perspective. And had a father who basically was one of those guys who, if the truck broke down on the side of the road, as long as he had electric tape and a hanger, he can get you home. So I learned problem solving from a very young age, watching my dad, he can fix anything. So I learned how to basically look at a problem, break it down and figure out a way to get it solved. So that's, that's kind of been the, what's taken me through my whole entire career. I happened to be very lucky at the early 20s. I had gotten a job in a company called Sealand. It was a multi-billion dollar shipping company. If you ever saw it, that shipping containers and big ships and vessels. And I was the manager of lands back in like 1988. And nobody cared about a land in 1988. It was all deck vaxes and mainframes and all kinds of stuff. And the port had had a couple of problems and I went in and I was able to solve them and save the company like $4 million a month in labor to not have to take care of something. And at the same time, they had this group that had like a $60 million budget and they were supposed to be responsible for automating all the shipping terminals globally. Well, one day the CEO of the company knocks on my door and says, you saved me more money in these last two or three things you did for the port than that whole entire team has done in the last two years. And he asked me to give him a proposal to take over the group to automate shipping terminals globally for Sealand. I was 21 and a half, I think, at that time. So I went to him and I said, I need a $20 million budget. I need total control over who I hire and what we purchase. And he goes, I can't do that. You're only 21 years old. I said, if you don't give me that authority, I'll never be successful. Nobody else is going to allow me to do the job. So if you're not going to give it to me, then I reject. And he gave me the responsibility. He gave me all the power. And by 22, by the time the project really went on, I had one of the biggest budgets for IT technology in the country at the time. And I was flying to Microsoft and meeting with Bill Gates and flying to Oracle and meeting with Larry Ellison. And the funny story there is 
the, the other team was going deck vax and they were going to go with Oracle database and it was going to cost a fortune. And I had gone into the city. Microsoft had just acquired 3Com for land manager and SQL server from Sybase and a bunch of technology. And I went to a big show they did in the city and they had hired Warner Brothers to do a cartoon of the uh, Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. Mm -hmm. where he was always ordering stuff so he could kill the the Roadrunner. So all of a sudden, Acme had gotten Excel and they were using SQL Server and all this new technology that Microsoft was bringing out to help corporations run. And he orders these shoes and he gets them, these rocket shoes, and he gets them two days earlier because of Microsoft. And he winds up going through this tunnel and he kills the Roadrunner. At the end of it, he's got the Roadrunner with his neck broken in his hand and he stands it up and he goes, thank you, Microsoft. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So I took my $20 million budget and I built the first mission critical Microsoft business platform in the country. And quite an interesting thing. Wow. So question for you, anyone listening to the show, obviously at 21 and a half to 22, you took on some pretty big responsibility. How did you know you were ready to seize the moment there? Because I think a lot of people might look at that and say, yeah, you're right. I'm young. Let me wait another 20 years. Why wait? What advice would you give? You know, I I don't look at age. I look at ability, right? Because I hire a lot of young people that work for me. And I kind of find if you're really smart and can do something, you can do it at 20. If you're really dumb, you can't do it at 40. (laughs) So it's really more a matter of not being afraid. And I think the biggest thing is I just ask why. You know, I went to that shipping port and I was like, where's the problems? And like, well, you know, we need this piece of paper every day. And I'm like, why? What does it do? Explain it to me. You know, by the time I was done, I was like, well, why don't we just do it this way? You know, and people started to listen and we were very quickly able to show them what that meant. And once you can show people and you gain their confidence, it's easy to to kind of keep going. So really, youth is more about being able to prove yourself. So nobody gives you that out of the box when you're young, right? Everybody expects you to fail. So once you can sort of show, hey, I can do this, then it's amazing the things you can accomplish because people support you. What you did then and meeting with Larry and Microsoft, what happened since then to get into the forms business and tell us a little bit about what's going on in the use of mobile forms? Sure. So the interesting thing about the Sealand project is I automated this 600 acre shipping facility by actually probably building one of the first Wi-Fi infrastructures in the country. I had used a spread spectrum at that point was 920, 908 to 928 frequency. And I put up six cell towers in the port and I took a tablet computer, the first one ever created, and I hooked up a printer gateway to it that somebody had showed me and turned it into a wireless radio and basically did a wireless infrastructure inside the Sealand shipping port. And they were able to walk around with these tablets and actually collect data wireless. So I actually left Sealand and started a, a company in the 90s to work specifically on wireless data collection. And at that point, it was really hard. Batteries were dying in 30 minutes and devices were $4,000 and coverage wasn't the what it is today with all the wireless antennas and points everywhere. And I was probably one of the few people that was actually good at it. So I won deals like I did all of Airborne Express and DHL's pickup and delivery systems. And I did Purolator Express in Canada. That was actually the first implementation of GPRS on North America. And I actually had those towers in my office before like T-Mobile and AT&T had them in this country. That's a good story because I worked for Airborne. I think I told you that. And U-Haul was one of my biggest customers. And we signed a 12000 a month 
shipping deal. The CFO flew out, the SVP of sales. We had like the whole team in Arizona in the hot 110 degree summer weather. And then we ended up doing a deal through, I think it was through Purolator for similar. It was the international Canadian side of that business. And it was like 4,000 shipments a month. So I'm sure that the packages I sold back in those days were tracked by the work that you did, which is quite a small world we live in. And it's kind of interesting because that's kind of what led me to where we are today and how we sell the Newforms product, because I've always believed in partnering. And when you're in wireless data collection, obviously the people that sell wireless communication are going to be people you would partner with. And that Airborne deal was actually, I was brought into, I believe it was Bell South had brought me into that deal. And I had shown them a bunch of stuff and proven I could do a bunch of stuff. And they had tried to sell uh, rim pagers to Airborne, just a regular standard email pager. And they were trying to convince them that, that they should email people, hey, you have to go do this pickup. And I had this little dispatch system that I had built on those rim pagers that I had just sold to UPS to run their whole field service application. And the uh, vice president of sales for Bell South knew about it. So when Airborne said, we like the devices, but this email is not going to work for running our pickup and delivery business, they said, hey, we've got an idea. We've got this little company that basically has this dispatch infrastructure. And we went out there and we did a pilot with uh, Airborne. And about a month later, I got a call from their CIO who summoned me out to meet with them. And he says, I just want to make sure that this is a real company. He gave us a contract to basically deploy all of Airborne. And it was interesting because we did it on a rim pager and we did it on the Bell South network. And then the last minute, he goes, by the way, we're moving to a Motorola device on PSOS operating system and we're going to use Nextel IDEN network. And I was like, well, that's a nice little 13th hour twist. We actually pulled it off. We were able to deliver. And I remember in those days, like, Motorola actually delivered us a circuit board with like a keyboard hanging off it and a screen hanging and a battery hanging. It wasn't even like a full unit. And we had like Nextel gave us a tower and we put it in our building. We had our IDEN network internally and we just set to work and we built that system for Airborne. Wow. So those days have probably changed a little bit since then. No more keyboard hanging off of the apparatus. <laughs> well, it was interesting back then is what really defines forms today is back then, if you tried to build for a mobile device, it was pretty much a one-off. So if you got a device from the early like Norans or those symbol companies, the devices were unique. They basically had their own SDKs, their own API. So you built to support one device, it really wouldn't run on another device. So literally everything you built, you had to build over and over. And we were doing a lot of like customization one-off projects. What iOS and Android have done is pretty much isolated us from that. So today, if you ask any iOS or Android device for a GPS location, you get it. If you ask them to start the camera, it starts. And we really don't have to worry about what version of a device you're on or what vendor sold it or what part of the world you're in. As long as you're using iOS or Android, you could literally go into do forms and say, hey, I want a GPS reading. And the operating system gives it to us and it puts it into the form for you. So that allowed us to kind of focus more on business functionality than technology. And what we did was we said, okay, you know, what are all the tools that business people have needed over the last two decades that I've been working in this technology? And we made really cool little widgets so that people didn't have to do crazy stuff. So like if you want to do an inspection today, you can bring in our questionnaire widget and you put a question in there and then you give it the answers. And in about three seconds, you've got this questionnaire structure with, you know, good, bad, and you can just go down the line and people are using that to build truck inspection systems. And it just became easy to do. And it allowed everybody to take one of these really cool devices out of the box and, and start automating their business. with it. 
Wow. The follow-on question to the future of mobile is how can companies expand their sales teams into other companies, right? Almost signing up like a reseller channel or maybe OEMing it into other types of products. Tell me more about what that can do. Well, the thing I learned really early is if you build something that helps other people sell their product, they very much want to help you. And there's a lot of companies out there that have tremendously huge sales forces that are knocking on every door, let's say in America. And if you can put something in their hands that helps them make their job easier, they're going to take you along for the ride, so to speak. And that's really what DoForms is today. So if you're a carrier rep, And you're trying to convince a plumber who has 50 cell phones already, and he's got 50 employees that drive around in vans all day. Now, what are you going to do? You got to try to sell him a tablet, right? Because he's already bought the phones. So you go to them and you say, hey, you need this tablet. And they're going to say, for what? And really what DoForms has become is the what. The guy can turn around and say, hey, you know, give me that paperwork order that you're filling out and I'll come back and I'll show you that running on a tablet. And you'll be able to take credit cards and you'll be able to scan things out of your vehicle for inventory you know, print receipts and all the cool things that you need to automate your business. And I'll show you how to do that very quickly. And that's what we've done. We've created a model where with DoForms, we can build those solutions in less than a day in most cases. So we built out a team of people that really all they do is support our partners, salespeople. So those salespeople go out and they say, hey, I'm responsible for selling this piece of hardware. I'm responsible for selling this data plan. And they all need a reason for that person to buy that thing. Nobody buys a a handheld scanner unless they have an application that you can scan with it, right? People don't just buy technology, they need solutions. So we've kind of become the solution glue that ties together. So if you can get a DoForm solution into somebody's hands, they need a piece of technology, a piece of hardware, they need a data plan, they need an MDM, they need a credit card payment partner. So all of those things sort of together become the glue. And all we've done is build a team of people. We don't compete against our partners. We don't compete like bring a deal in and we try to do it internally. We don't even have a sales organization. We literally just have a team of people that supports partner deals. They bring it in and like 24 hours, we turn it around. We do the sales call with the partner over Zoom. We allow the customer to try it. And that's probably the second thing that's been our greatest success is literally we call the internal champion. So the the rep or the sales rep goes out, they identify a person in a company, that person identifies a problem. They're not really sure how to solve it. We show that person how to solve it very affordably and very riskless. We give it to them, they put it in their hands, and then they run around the company going, hey, I'm going to bring this technology and I'm going to save this company a fortune. Before you know it, we're not doing anything. That internal champion works for us and they're basically selling the system internally. Thank you for tuning in to the AI for Sales podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Scalex.ai, Pipeline as a Service, and BDR.ai, always on prospecting for LinkedIn. Visit www.scalex.ai if you want to transform your top of funnel prospecting machine, or visit www.bdr.ai. If you want to hire a virtual BDR to do LinkedIn prospecting for you for just $500 a month. With all these endpoints and big data, I have to believe that there's some level of AI that's used on the back end. Have you seen any interesting deployments leveraging AI and these kinds of things? Well, 
What's interesting is people are starting to realize that you can collect data for a lot of things that maybe you weren't even thinking about. So like I did a system for a company that sold wine and liquor, and they realized that they could go into the stores. They were going in there anyway to merchandise it, to fill the product on the shelf. Well, they started having those people do things like who owns the window glass, whose signage is up on the glass, who's got the refrigerator space, who's getting the corner end caps. You know, I did a big system one time with a big food manufacturer. And they wanted to know that too. You know, who's getting the best premium spots in the shopping stores, the, the front store, the end caps, the eye level aisles, the eye level shelves in the aisles. And then when you start to do that and you start to look at being able to collect all of that information, you start to be able to give your people better information on how they can go back in and work with the owners of those facilities to fight for that better real estate. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's all about sort of how do you take that collected data from somebody whose job it was not even to collect that data, but they're there anyway, and then start to use them almost as collection bots, so to speak. So that's one example of sort of being able to sort of expand somebody's job into something that then becomes something bigger. Got it. And where do you think, where's it headed? The future of business forms and the future of AI related to forms. Tell us a little bit about what that looks like three years, five years out. Well, I mean, what's interesting, you can almost see with do forms where AI is starting to come in because now we just released a new version that the forms can geofence themselves. So now when you dispatch a form to somebody, the form can detect when it arrives into that location and it can detect when it left and it can tell you how long they were there. So if you have a team of people merchandising, you don't really have vision of what they're doing. And if you're dependent on them giving you an electronic timesheet, they can fudge that and there's a lot of inaccuracies in there, but now the forms are basically doing it for you. They're saying, hey, I got there. I stayed there an hour. I got there at one. I left at three. I was there for two hours. And that's allowing us to do things like, well, if you were supposed to be there at one and you got there at one thirty, now I can do an exception report because I know when you were supposed to be there and I know accurately when you got there. I'm a big believer. I started out in the business in what I call executive information systems. And people today try to give people too much information. And, you know, I'm a big believer in you don't need to know about the 900 things that went right. You need to know about the two that went wrong. So we're trying to use AI to really flush out what things went wrong during the day. What should you be focusing on as a manager? Because the biggest problem that forms can create is too much information. If you have everything coming in digitally and you can have a form for everything, you're going to get information overload. And, you know, if you look at systems today, like a lot of companies have a GPS tracking system and then they have a dispatching system. Well, those systems don't really talk to each other in most cases. So it's great. The GPS system knows that you got there at 10 o'clock. The dispatching system knows you're supposed to be there at 10 o'clock. But because they don't talk to each other, there's nothing that tells you the guy actually got there when he was supposed to be there. So with do forms, we try to put all the intelligence in place to say, hey, if you're dispatching somebody to be there at 10 o'clock and the form knows when it got there, then the form could let you know if the guy got there late. And then we can run a report to say, here's the three people that didn't arrive on time to their job. That's where AI is starting to come in and starting to be able to say a lot of the things we were dependent on for human beings is going away. We just did a big system for travel reimbursement where companies don't want to trust GPS anymore because you could drive around in circles for a half an hour and then go to the company and go, hey, pay me 57 cents a mile for that, right? Well, we just did a whole thing where our form now could actually call Google and say, hey, what's the distance, the driving distance between these two points? And it's calculating your travel reimbursement automatically for you. 
So when you start to incorporate that into like sales and things of that nature, it really is giving the companies an accurate picture of what their salespeople are doing. I worked on a big system today for a multi-billion dollar company who basically is going to use due forms to make sure that their stores are operating effectively. So they send teams of people into the stores to make sure that the displays are, are functional and that the people are trained correctly and things of that nature. And that all has to be documented. That all has to be raised up to management. And uh, we're basically building that system for them as we speak to help facilitate the selling of their products through a, a full chain of nationwide stores. I got to believe the mileage case study that you shared with me. I remember when I moved on from Airborne Express to FedEx, they implemented a tracking system for the salespeople so that when you went out and you did your calls and hours, we had a goal of four calls and three hours a day of meeting with people. And then it moved when we merged with another company, we moved that up to six calls and four hours a day. And so reps would go in and they would take the business card of the person in the lobby and then they'd leave. They'd collect their six cards by 10 in the morning and then they'd go surfing the rest of the afternoon in California. Well, yeah. over time they said, you know what? No, we need to see that you're geocoded in the lobby of that location. So it seems to me that coupling these kinds of things like did I pay them the right amount of mileage reimbursement with were they actually on the sales call? They said that they logged through their CRM are yep. pretty interesting technology deployments. Well, when you look at documentation and then you look at documentation with increasing integrity, it becomes even more valuable. And that's kind of what DoForms is doing is providing increasing integrity. You can take a document, you can take a picture, you can take a GPS stamp of where that document was filled out. You can time it. You can scan a barcode that may only be a barcode at the building when you get there. You can scan a badge. You can read an NFC tag. So like there's 17 ways you can prove that somebody was where they were supposed to be for as long as they were supposed to be there. The interesting thing about what DoForms does is, and this is really where the complexity comes out of building something like DoForms, is you've got all these companies give you APIs, right? So Google is great. They've got a million APIs. You can write a whole program to get geofences and to do all of these, get me my mileage. But every time somebody wants to do that, they need a developer. And it takes a couple of days, weeks, months to go through all these companies' APIs. If you want to use Square for payment, you got to use their APIs. If you want to use Shippo for printing shipping labels, you got to use their APIs. So what DoForms did is we said, hey, what if we did all the work against the APIs and then if you want to collect payment, you just have a payment widget drag into your form and you put a big button that says collect credit card and it launches the Square system and it lets you take the credit card and it passes data to them and lets you pass data back to the form. So now, instead of, let's say, a two-month Square integration, it would take a company about 20 minutes to collect credit cards through a form. And they don't even have to have a developer. They just literally say, I want to scan credit cards and they bring that widget in. So what we've done is we've gone out and we've kind of done the heavy lifting against all of these APIs and then pull them all together in this one tool so that the average person, they just think in terms of, I want to collect a credit card. They don't think in terms of what's the API and how do I program for that? And how do I get certified by that company that might, you know, I did it correctly. All that work we did. And that's another way that we've been able to sell. Like we have, let's say a printing company. We'll go to them and say, look, your market share today is based on people who can program to use your printer. What if we're able to double the marketplace for you? 
And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, what if anybody that uses do forms can use your printer now and basically build a print job in a minute and a half? And they're like, show us. And we're like, okay, here, click the print widget. Say, what do you want in column one, row one? What do you want in column two, row two, three, four, five, six? Boom, hit a button and the label prints out. And they were like, get out of here. You know, now they're very interested. We're actually working on with this particular company, a multi-billion dollar company. They want to release a product around DoForms that makes it easy for people to use their printers without having to develop. So by doing that, we're able to expand the available marketplace for, for these major, major companies. Let's say there's 100 developers, but if there's 1,000 secretaries, well, if the 1,000 secretaries now can print a label as well, would you do the size of your market? Wow, sure. Fabulous conversation. Really, really interesting. It sounds like there's so many use cases for forms. If someone wants to get a hold of you, John, what would be the best way to reach out or visit your website? Yeah, just go to the DoForms website. It's D-O-F-O-R-M-S.com and uh, we'll build you a form. So the, so the way we work is you kind of call us up and go, hey, I'd like to see a form when it works. And I send you a piece of paper. Yeah, give us a piece of paper. And 24 hours later, we send you back a form and you basically play with it and give us some feedback. We can make changes really quick. A lot of times we just do it over the phone if we're talking to you. And uh, if you like it, you buy it. If you don't like it, it's 100% risk-free, literally 100% risk-free. You don't have to do a pay a thing. You get 30 days to try it. We build you the first one for free. There's no money outlay. Your biggest exposure is spending a little bit of time with us, maybe a half an hour to kind of go through any kind of calculations. We can incorporate all your data. So if you want to give us data, we'll incorporate it into your trial form. Things like your product sheets and product pricing and things like that. If we're building you, let's say, an invoice. And we don't give you a mock-up of something that kind of pretends to be what you're looking for. You could actually take that piece of paper you had, rip it up, hand the guy a phone with this form on it now, and they could start using it on the free trial. Like it literally, it's not only a replacement of what you have, but it's a 10 times better replacement because it can do all the calculations for you. It could take pictures. There's so much we can embellish a standard business practice. We can embellish it with so much technology today. Well, at the price is right at $10 to $20 a month or less than that if you pay upfront. This is extremely scalable and sounds like there's just not a lot of alternatives when it comes to this level of ease of use and ease of deployment in under 24 hours. I challenge my customers to consider me to be a cost. Like literally, if you can't take $10 a month of inefficiency out of your company, then you're a unicorn, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, you that's know, even right. the largest companies in the world are using new forms. And it's funny, we have sort of this land and expand model because what's happening now is these very large companies are using it and people are starting to take notice internally. They're like, how did Joe do that for 10 bucks in a day? And people are starting to look at where they could use do forms. I remember we did a project for a company that they get a lot of product in on pallets and they were all automated in their warehouse. And they said, well, where could we use do forms? And we said, well, tell us a problem. They said, we get all these damaged pallets in and we just throw them in the corner. And maybe we could sell some of the stuff in the store. In about 20 minutes, we created a form that let them document the damaged pallet and sent an email requesting a refund to the vendor that sent it. And in the first month, they collected $26,000 in damaged product refunds. About 10 minutes later, they called us up and said, we now have a team of people dedicated to where can we use do forms in our company to save money. Wow. And even scarier is the CIO and CEO invested in do forms right after. <laughs> 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 
Amazing. Well, huge leverage, huge value, amazing conversation. Thanks so much for joining the AI for Sales show. John Darienzo, the founder and CEO of DoForms. It's just like it sounds, doforms.com. Check it out. John, thanks so much for joining today. And by the way, tell your people to make a business out of it. We have a lot of people that are building forms and selling them to businesses. So if you understand how to solve a problem for a business, you can basically take new forms, build out an entire solution, and then offer it for sale. And we have people doing that across multiple industries now, making a lot of money. And recurring revenue is the best money to make. So, you know, yeah, it's to get right. the a dollar a form or five dollars a form for that matter. Exactly. So, you know, it's not only customers. Think about it as, you know, a business opportunity to get into. And we'll be more than happy to support you and get you going. Excellent. All right, John, thank you for joining. And we'll catch everybody on the next AI for Sales podcast. Signing out. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the AI for Sales podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by ScaleX.ai, Pipeline as a Service, and BDR.ai, always on prospecting for LinkedIn. Visit www.scalex.ai if you want to transform your top of funnel prospecting machine or visit www.bdr.ai if you want to hire a virtual BDR to do LinkedIn prospecting for you for just $500 a month. Thank you for listening to another episode of the AI for Sales podcast with Chad Burmeister. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate the ever-changing landscape of sales to help you 5x, 10x, or even 100x your sales motion sales velocity through artificial intelligence. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit www.scalex.ai. Until next time.